This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. On this Friday, November 3rd, we're talking Cardinals baseball today with an under-the-weather Jennifer Langosh. But Jen is a trooper, and she joins us as always. Uh, Jen, thanks so much, especially today, for your time as we uh, look ahead to the uh, Cardinals uh, prospects for the 2018 season. Uh, first, though, I want to get your thoughts, even though we're a day removed uh, from the end of the World Series. It is parade day in Houston as the Astros celebrate uh, their first-ever World Championship. And... Uh, Quite the entertaining uh, World Series. I know some people are calling it a, a great World Series. I would say it was more fun and entertaining than great necessarily. That's just me being a stick in the mud with all the home runs. It got to be a little numbing, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> give me give me your take on on Game 7 and about, uh, about the whole thing and about uh, living in a world where the Astros rule the baseball world. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, Matt. This this World Series in many ways was setting up, I think, to be a great epic World Series. I think perhaps the lack of drama in Game 7, however, left us all wishing for a little bit more there at the end. I mean, those first six games, as competitive as they were, some of them, I mean, you think about Game 5, you think about Game 2, um, the back-and-forth nature of this World Series was very, very compelling. Um, you wish Game 7 had lived up to that. That being said, uh, you know, you look at the Astros team, and here we are on a Cardinals podcast, a lot of Cardinal connections down there in Houston. You think on the player side, a guy like Carlos Beltran, who came to St. Louis a few years back trying to win that elusive World Series ring, he now gets it with Houston. Jeff Lunau, of, of course, the Houston Astros general manager, started in baseball with the Cardinals front office. And even Jim Crane, principal owner of the Houston Astros, a St. Louis native. So um, always a lot of interest in baseball here in St. Louis. Again, all those ties, I think, even more so with the Astros. But a fun World Series, neat to see a different champion for a change. I love the parody in the game. I think it makes it compelling. And really excited that on a national stage, a lot of folks got to see a lot of the the young, exciting talent that the Astros have that, that maybe people weren't really aware of before this postseason began. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, I didn't realize the Crane and Luno connections to St. Louis. That's uh, very interesting. And I, I agree, too, that it was great to see this young talent uh, really step up on the national stage. What I would ask of uh, of Mr. Manfred and friends is to start these things a little sooner uh, because I, I just – for me, it's, uh, you know, the, the young kids that didn't get to watch, you know, any of this World Series or at least, you know, very little of it uh, when games are ending at one in the morning. It's tough. Uh, you want to build your fan base that way and get the kids involved. And uh, that was kind of a shame. But I know that's, you know, money rules and I get it. So but hopefully <laughs> maybe there's a, a happy medium somewhere down the road. But for right now, a great World Series. It was a lot of fun. And the Astros are merging on top and they get to celebrate today for sure. Uh, so, Jennifer, let's transition now into uh, the Cardinals prospects for 2018 as they look to get back in the postseason following a two-year absence, and that's a rare thing to say with the, where the uh, Cardinals are concerned. What would you say right now is the Cardinals' biggest area of need 
And then to fill that need, do you see uh, trades, a free agent signing, a guy from the minors? Uh, how do you think that unfolds? Yeah, I think for the Cardinals, it's a 1A, 1B sort of thing. I put 1A as an impact bat, a middle-of-the-order hitter, and 1B being bullpen help slash closer. I mean, this is a team that does not have a closer set for 2018 now that we know that Trevor Rosenthal is going to be spending at least most of, maybe all of the season recovering from Tommy John surgery. So uh, to start with the impact bat, I mean, with the Cardinals, you know, you think about the success this team has had over the last two decades and those middle-of-the-order hitters that have really anchored this lineup, whether it was an Albert Pujols for many years, it was Matt Holliday for many years. That's what this team lasts this year. It's one of the reasons that they were on the outside looking in at the postseason. So uh, where do you find it? There's not a lot of appealing options, I don't think, in terms of difference makers on the free agent market. J.D. Martinez would be one of them. Eric Hosmer um, would be another. But the Cardinals right now seem very intent on trying to look the trade route um, first to potentially address that. They have a lot of depth in other areas that they feel like they can deal from. You know, Giancarlo Stan's name is out there. I think he's an intriguing guy to watch, and there have been some conversations between the two clubs. You know, the Cardinals also interested in some of the other Marlins outfielders around Stanton. So um, I think they would prefer to do that via trade. Of course, that always takes two parties to get something done. On the bullpen side, they're going to explore a lot of different avenues. One of those is going to be looking at the closers on the free agent market, you know, Wade Davis or Greg Holland. But then they're also going to perhaps look at maybe adding multiple bullpen pieces, not necessarily somebody who's closed a lot in the past, but somebody that the Cardinals think can kind of evolve into that fit. Juan Nicasio, the guy who came over the last few weeks of the season, is somebody the Cardinals are interested in re-signing. But uh, they are going to need some bullpen help there in the back end when you consider Rosenthal about to be absent for the year, Son Juan O, Zach Duke, Juan Nicasio, all now free agents. The Cardinals need to fortify that area for sure. No question there. And, uh, Jennifer, on the flip side of things, uh, looking up and down this roster top to bottom, what is their biggest area of strength that the Cardinals fan base can feel the best about? Yeah, I mean, I think their biggest is – I'll twist that a little bit and say, you know, their biggest area of strength, I think, is the area of depth, which right now is the outfield and the young starting pitching. So when you talk about trying to address some of these other needs via trade, uh, the Cardinals are going to look to deal from probably one of those or perhaps both of those areas – you think about the outfield situation. I, mean, I think right now we can basically write in Penn, Tommy Pham, and Dexter Fowler as starters for next year in the Cardinals outfield. But where does that leave a Piscotti, a Grichik, a Magnera Sierra, a Harrison Bader, um, even younger, a Tyler O'Neill, a Odolis Garcia? They have so many outfielders there. Great problem to have, but I think a problem that they're going to try to sift through again and be able to address some other areas with. And then the young starting pitching, I think, is very exciting. Now, how that plays out 2018. It's a little hard to know. I mean, you don't know what kind of steps forward an Alex Reyes, a Jack Flaherty, Luke Weaver are going to take, um, but there's certainly going to be options, and I think as the Cardinals look at kind of the next three to five years, there's a lot to be excited about with the young arms in their system. No question, Reyes, the biggest name there as uh, coming out of spring training. It, you know, He was the guy that was going to really emerge uh, as a kind of a, a 1A, 1B combo with Carlos Martinez. He looked that good in a brief cameo in a – in 2016, and then, of course, he gets hit with TJ surgery. Hopefully he bounces back all the way and shows what he can bring uh, in a full season of health for 2018. Uh, Jen, now, on an individual basis, uh, give me two players, one that may regress a little bit in 2018 after overperforming, and then on the flip side, a guy that just had a down year, did not perform up to standards, and is poised to be a, a bounce-back candidate in 2018. Yeah, you always hate to peg somebody as a regression candidate, but, you know, you look at the season that a guy like Paul DeYoung had, 
terrific rookie season there. I mean, I think he's going to probably be a top three or four finisher in rookie of the year balloting. But I think there's some numbers behind the numbers that suggest that maybe it's not sustainable necessarily for him next year. The strikeout rate, still very high. The walk rate, very low. So, um, while do I, I think Paul DeYoung can be a very capable major league shortstop? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to hit 30 home runs again? Do I think he's going to anchor this lineup as the team's three-hole hitter? I, I don't. I don't know if he's necessarily as good as we saw in that you know four-month sample size here this year. So, again, some of the numbers on the periphery give me a little bit of concern there. I think on the flip side, if you're looking for a breakout season, I'm going to go back to some of those young starting pitchers. I think a guy like Jack Flaherty, what he was able to learn there from a handful of starts in September, I think will really help him springboard forward into next season. I think he realized that his stuff can play at the major league level as long as he has some confidence in it. We saw kind of the jump that Luke Weaver made from 2016 with the, with the cameo appearance in St. Louis to 2017. And I think we'll see the same from Jack Flaherty next year. So look for him. Even if he doesn't break the rotation out of spring training, I think he's going to make a big impact, and I think he's going to be a very special player as early as his rookie year. And, Jen, how about a guy going into 2018 that <laughs> is a big question mark right now uh, simply with regards to uh, to injuries or a health concerns? Who would that guy be? Yeah, I mean, I think Adam Wainwright probably tops that list. You know, here, Here's somebody who, of course, is getting up there in age, has had multiple surgeries now on his elbow, the most recent, just a month ago to clean it up. You know, all expectations are – that he will come into spring training healthy. He'll have a normal off-season throwing program. Reality is, though, I think a lot of us don't know what to expect from Adam Wainwright. And when you talk about a rotation that's going to have a lot of young arms, you want to complement that with a veteran arm like Waino. So he, I think, is going to be a question mark, not just coming into the season, but throughout the season. Can he stay healthy? Can this be a guy who can still make 30 to 32 starts for this team? And I think second to that, of course, also being Alex Reyes, a year removed, who will be from Tommy John surgery when camp breaks in February. Does he come ready to, to kind of fight for a rotation spot right immediately there in spring training, or does it take him you know, a month or so into the season to get back to full form? And, uh, Jen, to wrap things up here, I think that uh, when you look at any team in baseball, you can pretty much categorize them one of five ways. You've got your clear rebuilding teams, teams that are simply non-contenders, and then moving up a little bit, uh, you've got wild card contenders, division title contenders, and then ultimately world title contenders. Of those five, where do the Cardinals best fit right now? I think right now they're a fringe playoff contender. Uh, maybe that sounds harsh, and the reality is, is that's essentially where they finished this year. And I think one of the things that was very obvious to those of us you know, who follow the Cardinals regularly and watched October baseball is you can see in these teams in the postseason exactly what the Cardinals are missing and kind of what kept them out this year which to, to kind of circle back to where we started this podcast, you know, most notably is that impact bat in the lineup. You look up and down the teams in the postseason, they all had very scary impact middle-of-the-order hitters, the type of hitter that the Cardinals did not have last year and that I think we could argue didn't have even in 2016. So um, this is a team that if they want to get back in the division race, and that's certainly possible, if they want to get back in the postseason – they are going to have to make some upgrades this offseason. I don't think what they have in their system is enough to make that jump from an 83-win team to a postseason team. Again, though, they're not that far away. They do have a lot of young, exciting talent to build on. Just need some pieces to kind of complement and fill out the rest of that puzzle. Jennifer, I hope there is a weekend of chicken soup and Netflix in your future <laughs> to get back on your feet on, on Monday. Uh, but we appreciate the contributions this week as always, and I uh, hope you feel better, certainly. Uh, Jennifer Langosh joining us today. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, St. Louis Cardinals.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 